Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Well, uh, approximately quarterly, we compile a UPR community book list, and we thought, uh, let's do that, um, even though we're in the midst of uh, social distancing and the like. So we want to know what you're reading. And a couple of extra questions. Are you reading more or less these days? Is what you're reading changing during this time? We also want to know what else you're doing for entertainment during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, what are you and your family up to while you're social distancing? You can call us to 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Later, we'll be joined by Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. We heard from Andy Nettle from uh, Back and Beyond Books in uh, Moab. He won't be able to join us, but we'll read his email. And uh, we bring in Elaine Thatcher, our UPR friend and uh, my usual co-host for these programs. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing well. And uh, uh, listeners will readily uh, tell that Elaine's not in studio. We're doing appropriate social distancing here. Uh, Elaine's on the phone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, the comfort of my own home. The comfort of your own home. Um, so how how is this? I'm sure this is changing some patterns in your life, Elaine. What's... Uh, oh, big time, yeah. Well, I'm working from home and um, trying not to go out. I'm missing a friend's wedding tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so. too bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that's the the kind of thing. I was talking to a friend yesterday who said uh, she had a friend uh, driving down from Boise to 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 see her parents, I guess, and uh, and they thought, well, it would be nice to get together, but we're gonna we're gonna give it a miss <laughs> this time around. You yeah. know, uh, those kinds of things are happening. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole new paradigm, but you know we'll we'll get through. Yeah. So now you head up Summerfest. This is kind of an odd deal. L- let's hope we're back to normal by <laughs> summer. Uh, you're proceeding on that assumption. Yeah, we're staying in touch with the health department, who will give us our cues as to whether we can proceed or not. With the governor's new um, three-point plan, it his uh, urgent period could easily go into the first part of June, and we are scheduled for mid-June. So really, we don't know. Uh, it all depends on how well people um, observe the the cautions and the rules, and we'll see. Yeah, that's, it's kind of a strange deal. I guess you just, you have to proceed uh, on, yeah, on, on the hope. I'm planning as if we're going to do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, I have a lot of artists asking me, about it, and we'll be refunding their booth fees if we have to cancel. So, lots of contingency plans. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what you're reading, Elaine. And I want to ask you some of these <laughs> questions that I had. Is what you're reading changing during this time, or are you reading pretty much what you have been reading? Well, actually, it has changed a little bit. I switched to something lighter. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I just felt like I needed to just read something that was a little more fun and a little less demanding of my intellect. <laughs> I've been noticing so I, the same I, thing. You know, so I went back to uh, one of one of the Maisie Dobbs novels that I've talked about before. I still haven't read all of them, and they're really delightful uh, by Jacqueline Winspear. And uh, so I have gone back to the next one in my series that I'm reading. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I, I can't remember the Maisie Dobbs series. <clears throat> yeah, Maisie Dobbs. She's a 1920s uh, 
English former war nurse who, uh, you know, from the World War One, and she becomes a private investigator in London. And uh, they're they're rarely about murder. They're mysteries, but they're rarely murder mysteries. Uh, and they're she's just a really fun character, real interesting character. Uh, she has some independent ideas. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so I'm up to the, I think I'm up to the sixth one, which is called Among the Mad. <clears throat> and it deals with, a lot, a lot of these, her novels deal with uh, post-World War One issues. And in this one, we're dealing with um, men who came home with shell shock. And, um, you know, how they react to the, to having to be back in society again. Yeah, uh, interesting. So, uh, is, is that what you're talking about? Uh, kind of lighter fare. It's not murder. It's uh, it's other kind of mysteries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a mystery, and there's there's a humor in it, and and lovable characters, and uh, so so it's yeah, it's not a real. It's not noir at all. It's not dark. It's just um, a mystery that needs to be solved. Yeah. Well, we need that at all times, especially these times, right? Some lovable characters yeah, and some humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Maisie Dobbs uh, series. Uh, what else yeah, are you reading? Uh, yeah, tell me again the well, author. I, I, I hit some clinkers this time around. I There were a couple, you know, I made the mistake of, um, you know, in my Facebook feed, I'll get recommendations for books, and I hadn't really thought about where that recommendation was coming from, but sometimes it's just coming directly from an author who is not, um, has not been edited, you know, has not been through the process of publication with a, with a reputable uh, publisher. So I, I found myself reading a book that um, was like that. It was promoted by the, by the author, and it was seriously in need of of editing for length and for, you know, copy editing type issues, just simple, simple language. Um, and it had a fun kind of a premise, but uh, I had to stop reading it. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> When do you make that decision? I guess it might be different for uh, from book to book. Well, I was more than halfway through, but this author just, it tends to just go on and on um, when he doesn't need to. Um, you know, he, he just gets kind of enamored of a particular uh, setting or idea, and he kind of just beats it to death. And uh, when I finally got to another one of those, I just thought, nah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but it was a you know, it was kind of a fun premise. It's a little, it was a little fantasy or sci-fi kind of thing. But um, uh, I don't want to embarrass the author by naming him. But uh, people, you know, they they aren't their own best editors. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but isn't that disappointing? You 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 uh, jump into a book full of hope and then, <laughs> uh, but that happens in life. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want so, to. I want to get to a couple of uh, emails here. Uh, this is from our friend Steve in uh, in uh, Beaver Dam, Arizona. Uh, Beaver Dam, uh, or, or Steve says, 
I confess that I'm not actually reading the book I'm about to describe. After all, how depressed does one want to be? You'll see when, when, <laughs> when I mention the book. But I did pull down from the bookshelf and place on the kitchen table, to be eyed warily by all, The Coming Plague, a 1994 <laughs> 750-page prescient tome written by health and science author Laurie Garrett. I don't remember why, over a quarter century ago, I bought The Coming Plague in the first place, but I do wish its warnings had been heeded. That's The Coming Plague uh, from 1994 by uh, Laurie Garrett. As to what I actually am reading right now, as opposed to the woefully staring at, it's another book from even longer ago. It's War is a Racket, a slim 35-page pamphlet written in 1935 by Marine Corps General Smedley Butler one of the most valiant and highly decorated soldiers in U.S. history. Butler's courage extended beyond the battlefield, as expressed by his willingness to record sad truths about America's bellicose foreign policy, truths just as important today as they were when General Butler wrote it about them 85 years ago. I've known about Butler's War as a Racket for many years, and I thought it time to finally read it. Lo and behold, it's still in print. So that's uh, Steve. So he, he is eyeing and not having read yet. It's on the kitchen table, The Coming Plague by Laurie Garrett. And he is reading War is a Racket uh, by Smedley Butler. So there's a couple of uh, suggestions. I've talk about the, the Coming Plague and, um, you know, ha- who have read it. But uh, I don't know that that's uh, what I want to be reading right now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I had that question. And I'll throw these out to our listeners again. Uh, is what you're reading changed uh, in these in these times? Uh, and are you reading more or less? Um, we want to know what you're reading. Also, uh, maybe you're not reading. Maybe you're watching more television, more movies, that, that kind of thing. Um, playing board games. We want to know what you and your family are up to while you're social distancing. Uh, maybe give us some suggestions. And here's how to get to us. 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com. Upraxcess at gmail.com. We have Elaine Thatcher uh, with us. Uh, and we're inviting your suggestions, your comments. Later on in the program, we're going to be talking with Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. Um, so this is from Ronnie. Um, and I think I missed your previous email, Ronnie, because uh, she says, I just sent in an email about the book, The Overstory. I neglected to mention that it's about uh, trees and how we modern, modern humans are relating to them. It's sometimes quite settling, unsettling. Uh, so Ronnie is recommending The Overstory. That's a great book. I read that in our last quarter, um, and it, it's, she's right. It can be unsettling, but it's really a great book. Well, what's the unsettling part? By Richard, by Richard Powers. Richard Powers. Why unsettling? Yeah. Well, it deals with um, a, a group of uh, environmental activists who, um, you know, choose to take fairly radical means of, of uh, protesting development and the, and the destruction of old-growth forests. And... Um, you know, it's a novel, um, but it, oh my goodness, the the way it evokes the richness of, of a forest is just amazing, and and it follows these people through their lives, but um, I, I just felt like it spoke for forest in a way that nothing else I have read does. Hmm. 
it, it was just a, a wonderful book. And actually, I have read some Richard Powers before, and I didn't care for it that much. But this is a masterpiece, I believe. Richard Powers, The Overstory. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll yeah. recommend that one. Uh, great. Uh, so, Elaine, what else are you reading? Well, I wanted to mention one that um, I read called Cabanuela. I'll have to spell that for you. It's C-A-B-A-N with an, with an Enya over it, U-E-L-A-S. And it's a novel by Norma Tantu, who happens to be a friend of mine and a, f- a fellow folklorist. Who uh, She wrote this novel about a, a young woman folklorist who goes to Spain uh, to do her fieldwork and... Um, the Cabanuelas is a belief system uh, that she encountered in her growing up years in Texas, uh, where you take the first month of, of the year, of a new year, January, and um, for each series of days, you can predict what the rest of the year is going to be like. So it's a folk belief about uh, being able to predict the future. But um, it's, it's a lovely story. I really liked it a lot. Um, she writes it half in Spanglish. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, which is kind of the way people along the border countries speak. And um, uh, it was just, and it was culturally rich. It talks about the festivals that uh, are celebrated in Spain. Um, so it kind of draws from some of Norma's own uh, uh, research that she's done over the years, and I'm sure a lot of it is um, autobiographical, but she doesn't say that. But um, it was really a wonderful read. I, it's not a big book, it's, um, uh, but it's easily easy to read and, uh, and enjoyable, and you, you learn something about Spanish festivals and about folklore and uh, have a good story to go along with it. Yeah, that that sounds sounds good. Cabanuelas. Uh, who's the author? Uh-huh. Norma Cantu. C a n t u. Okay. I'll send you these. Uh, I'll send these to you after the show. Okay. Great. Wonderful. Um, well, let's uh, let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, we will. Uh, We'll still have Elaine with us. She's with us for the hour, Elaine Thatcher. Uh, and we'll add after the break uh, Catherine Weller from Weller uh, Bookworks. We also have an email from Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond uh, Books. He wasn't able to join us today, but we'll we'll check in to see how Back of Beyond is, is doing. Um, so uh, we'd love to get your uh, book suggestions. We're compiling our latest uh, UPR community book list. And uh, want to know... How important reading is, other forms of entertainment during the uh, times of social distancing and uh, and maybe times of worry uh, during this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, our questions is, what you're reading changing during this time? Are you reading more or less? And what are you reading? Uh, perhaps you're not reading. Maybe you're doing something else for entertainment. We want to know what that is. What are you and your family up to while you're social distancing? Uh, you can reach us uh, to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com, or you can call us to 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. We'll have more following this break. 
Year of the Woman is made possible in part by our members and Cache Valley Chamber of Commerce, offering resources and networking opportunities to help build value for all types of Cache Valley businesses. Details at cachechamber.com. Support also comes from the Family Place, still here for you strengthening families and protecting children, referring you to their resource page for facts, tips, and activities if you find yourself having more family time and looking for resources and fun things to do at home. COVID-19 has changed daily life in the U.S., and with news breaking by the hour, it can be hard to stay up to date. I'm Ari Shapiro. Join us every weekday for a new live conversation about the disease, what you need to know, what's coming next, and we'll answer your questions. The National Conversation with All Things Considered, live every weekday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, from NPR News. That's 7 p.m. our time, right here on Utah Public Radio. Utah Public Radio hopes you will join us in thanking our sponsors, the many businesses we rely on for their continued support of our mission to provide thoughtful and informative programming. The critical financial backing we receive from our business community means we can bring you news updates and online classical music programming, and that's a wonderful thing, especially in uncertain times. What remains certain? UPR's commitment to serve our listeners here and online at upr.org and through our UPR app. Thanks for joining us, Praxis Utah. We are doing our approximately quarterly uh, periodic series uh, on uh, books. It's our UPR community book list that we're compiling right now. We want to know what you're reading. And during this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic, we want to know if you're reading more or less these days. So what you're reading changed uh, during this time. I also want to know what else you're doing. Maybe doing less reading and more of something else. Uh, what are you and your family up to while you're social distancing? We have Elaine Thatcher uh, with us for the hour, and uh, right now we're joined by uh, Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. Uh, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I should give out the contact points, so we'd love to hear from our listeners. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or you can email us to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Love to hear what you're up to. So, uh, Catherine Weller, this is, as with all businesses, especially small businesses, this has really affected you. Tell us in what ways. Oh, it's pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> uh, we are still open, uh, as I believe uh, most of the bookstores that aren't in uh, part of Utah that has a closure order, but as most other bookstores, we've reduced our hours and changed our operations. Um, our Our biggest priority is to try to keep running as long as possible to be able to pay our people as long as possible. And that's one thing that everybody should remember when they're thinking about shopping right now in independent businesses. We, we employ your, your friends and your neighbors. It's, we, we know our people and you know our people too. And we're, we're at a point where a lot of businesses are making decisions about whether to even remain open at all. Um, and may not be able to come back after this is over. So instead of just always going to a big box store, your standard chain, try to. It, it, I would implore everybody to think of an independent business you can purchase something from right now because it, every dollar really truly makes a difference to us. Um, I think most of the stores in our area are doing curbside delivery, as are we. Um, E-commerce is going up and up, and so we're doing lots of shipping. 
uh, delivery, and our employees, we're lucky. We're a big enough store that we can operate with four people in here and have social distancing with no problem at all. And because all the customers went away, we really don't have a lot of outside exposure (laughs) either. All of the in-person customers went away. There are lots of ways to shop your local independents, um, and I mean all independents, not just bookstores. It's there. Are, we most of us have websites these days that you can purchase from. Many of us still do phone orders. Um, I will note that it, CDC recommendations are now including things like reducing the use of cash, and they haven't outright recommended eliminating cash payments, but. Starting today, we will be only taking electronic payments to just minimize that back and forth thing that happens with customers should anybody happen to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. So, so you said the uh, in-person customers have gone away. So you still have curbside pickup. You still have online, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I guess yeah. uh, gift certificates, that kind of thing, can help support independent businesses? Absolutely. If you don't want to buy right now, although I'd say this is a great time to read, um, for a lot of reasons, uh, gift certificates are always an option as well. And I know that places like your favorite restaurants and coffee shops are trying to start things where you can tip a barista or a server because um, people in food service are really, really hurting. So if you've got favorite places like that, I'd, I'd urge you to check that out as well so your favorite barista isn't um, being evicted next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elaine, I wonder if what, what you know, I'm, uh, my wife and I talk about this a lot. Uh, hey, we want to, we don't want a world where we come back from isolation and half the independent businesses that we, <laughs> that we love are gone. I don't know what your, what your yeah. thoughts. Well, I do like to try to uh, uh, do business with locally-based businesses, and, um, you know, so it's hard right now because I'm in one, I'm in the above 60 uh, age group that is more at risk, and so I don't go out, and, uh, but I have uh, ordered from some of my, our local businesses, you know, and they'll deliver, and so it's, I I hear you, uh, and I just uh, I just feel so bad for all these people whose livelihood is dependent on this. So, uh, three cheers for whatever you can do to support local businesses. Mm. Um, and I heard from I've heard from a couple of authors that they're you know the book tour is canceled, which uh, that that's sort of a that's a hit to uh, in a business such as yourself, uh, uh, Weller Bookworks, right, Catherine Weller. Uh, but yeah, at least yeah, at least one author is they're they're doing a virtual book tour. I, mm-hmm. I saw. There are several authors that are doing virtual book tours. We've got one author that will be doing a um, that I'll be speaking about today that will be doing a virtual appearance with us next week. There are also stores that are doing things like virtual story times for kids. Uh, where our crafting circle, LitNet, is meeting virtually tonight via Zoom. Um, so we're trying to step up those, those outreaches to the community, knowing that, well, first of all, we miss you, um, which is not to guilt people to come in if they don't feel safe coming in. Um, it's more to say that we, we know you and we like you, everybody out there, and so we'd still like to be able to serve you in whatever way possible. 
So virtual bookstores, virtual events, we're seeing more and more. Um, I saw a store in, uh, where Chicago now has a virtual toddler jam. They have a musician that comes in for a small period of time once a week and plays music, and the toddlers can wear themselves out dancing and getting crazy. So they're doing that online now, too. Um, I, it's Everybody has limited time and limited resources right now. So, you know, we all do what we can, and that includes customers. We're all becoming more familiar with uh, things like Zoom and WebEx. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're learning new technologies. We are. I, I'm I'm the proud owner of a Zoom account now, so it's yeah, it's it's coming in handy. Uh, and it's nice to you know, it's nice to see faces. Although I I shouldn't even be saying that on the radio because we you know it's it's voices that carry that, but it's nice to see faces too. Um, so I want to read this uh, email. Um, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books in uh, Moab was not able to join us, uh, but he did send in an email. And uh, I'm sure, Catherine, well, you can, you can feel his pain. I want to read this. Uh, this is from Andy Nettle. Uh, sorry, Emily. This Emily's my producer. Please pass on my pr- apologies to Tom and the crew. We're just trying to k- keep afloat. I laid off my staff yesterday. That's too bad. Our uh, doors are locked. We are providing curbside delivery, home delivery, and shipping books all over the country. That's good to hear. While I believe books are essential and bookstores critical to providing relief to those in quarantine, the health and safety of my employees takes precedence. Listeners can uh, help all independent businesses by purchasing gift certificates for future purchases and making purchases online. Certainly not Amazon, he says. Uh, Moab is basically shut down as we all come together to help uh, and protect each other. You can all uh, you can read this on behalf if uh, appropriate. So that's Andy Nettle from Back and Beyond Books. Uh, so they've got a smaller space there. He's, he's concerned about his employees, so they're shut down, but still curbside delivery, still home delivery, and uh, they're shipping books all over the country. He suggests also gift certificates uh, as well. Yeah, it's. I know Andy, and I. I know him. I consider him a friend, as many of his staff members. And every story like that just breaks my heart. Um, but it's it's what we have to do to keep our people safe, and what we have to do to be able to get by. Uh, so yeah, I understand that, and I, I wish Andy and his staff all all the best. And. Um, all indie bookstores and, and people mm. in this time. And yeah. We are in it together. Right. If there's one thing that I hope comes out of this is that we remember in this time of strife that we are in things together and we work better when we can somehow find some commonalities. Yeah. I want to mention briefly, Ann Holman wasn't able to come on either, King's English Bookshop, but... Uh, Looking at their, uh, their website, they are doing virtual story time on Facebook, uh, Facebook every day at uh, 11 a.m. They say our doors are closed to the public, but our phone lines are open 10 to 5, so they're still, uh, they're still selling. So what, before we get into some books that you're excited about, uh, Catherine Weller, um, tell us again, what, uh, you know, how can we get through this time and still come out the, uh, at the end of this with Weller Bookworks and, and uh, Back and Beyond and other independent businesses still intact? Well, yeah, and that's everything that I think Andy so eloquently wrote about and that we've already talked about. It's it's remembering when you... I know that a lot of people have limited incomes right now. Um, they're st- struggling to stay afloat personally. So if you can shop, if you do have the income to shop, 
think local first and find a uh, and find a place go to your favorite local place and find a way to make a sale with them um i know one of the things bookstores have been talking about that i haven't mentioned is that we're all still very willing to make special orders i I'm, I'm doing it every day for shipping right now um but shopping what is in stock is more meaningful than shopping something that has to be ordered because you're helping somebody sell what they've already paid for instead of incurring new bills. Mm. But the most important thing is if if you need to make a purchase, don't forget about your independence. Don't just click to one place yeah. or drive mm-hmm. to one place. Seems like one of the hardest things is that one of the pleasures of of book shopping is being able to browse, and yeah. uh, we can't we can't do that uh, as easily now. And so it's uh, it's harder. But doing this book show, for instance, is one way of letting people know about books that you know that are good. That you don't have to just wander through the bookstore and, and browse. You can call your bookstore and. Uh, and order one of these books that we have been talking about. Mm-hmm. And many of us have um, staff recommendations online on our websites or book lists, like the American yes. Booksellers Association's Indie Picks that come out monthly for adults and quarterly for kids. There's also a, uh, a book club picks list. There are Lots of us have lists online that you can look to help point you in certain directions, too. Well, excellent. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, Catherine, let's uh, let's jump into some books. What's what's got All you excited? Right. Well, I'm going to start with new stuff, and we'll see what we've got uh, time to deal with here. Um, the first one is The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. This book published yesterday, and it has been one of the most anticipated books of 2020 already. And it's because Emily St. John Mandel is an extraordinary writer. Uh, She is just pitch perfect with her characters and her pacing. And right now what she's done is rather uncanny. The book that first pushed her into public acclaim was Station Eleven, which um, was about life in America following a pandemic. Um, Mm. (laughs) um, Society has collapsed, things have fallen down, and yet there is this troop of actors that goes from outpost to outpost to perform Shakespeare for people. And it it sounds dystopian, and it is, but it has moments of great and transcendent beauty. And what she's done with Glass Hotel is she's looked at a Another great cataclysm in America, um, but it's in the past. She's writing about a Ponzi scheme that was had a massive collapse, and um, it intersects with a, a disappearance at sea. So there are these financial empire collapses and obliterations of fortunes that sounds a whole lot like 2008, um, but... Um, along with the fraud and the avarice and the greed, there are these um, searches through these landscapes that we often don't see, the, the campgrounds for the homeless, um, underground clubs, and uh, prison, really. It's 
just fascinating how she weaves these stories together with it. You know, it's all that we love in a, a nice, big, juicy novel. There's greed and love and guilt and delusions and ghosts. Mm. Um, and the ever-important search for meaning. So um, Emily St. John Mandel is a writer to watch every time she comes out with something, I think, because her second book, the second book's often kind of difficult, you know? Um, the author's under more pressure to write something than they were with the first book because they weren't known then, and the second book can be hard. But this second book is magnificent. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Uh, yeah. That, that sounds great. Uh, tell us the title again. It is The Glass Hotel, and it's by Emily St. John Mandel. All right. We'll check that one out. Um, uh, what's another book? Okay, I've got another second book, um, not as big and a, a little bit quieter. It's by an author named Lily King, whose first book was Euphoria. Also had great acclaim, although more in a, a tighter, more literary circle, which is not to mean her writing is inaccessible or snobbish, because it's not. Uh, her new book is called Writers and Lovers, and it's just a wonderful portrait of the passing of youth and the female struggle to become an artist. You can sort of think of this as a, the, a, a portrait of the young artist book, but from uh, a woman's perspective. And in modern times, uh, it's about a talented 30-something writer who was coming up in the literary world, but was blindsided by her mother's death. And her world just is subtly falling apart as she works in this bar and tries to recapture, however feebly she's able to, this this life, this literary life and of promise that she had, and as she plums uh, her conflicts between two loves. It, it really is coming of age. It's that, you know, there's that second coming of age that happens in the 30s, and uh-huh. Billy King's novel, Writers and Lovers, plums that really well, as well as the, the costs and the needs of the creative life. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, tell us the, the author and title again. Writers and Lovers, and it's by Lily King. All right. Uh, I'm sure you've got have another one. Yeah. Catherine, have you, read, have you read others of hers? Yes, I did read Euphoria, and I adored it. Um, it is a great book. It is out in paperback, and it is just this really interesting uh, triad. It, it's this fascinating historical novel that um, is a triad between the anthropologists who went into um, New Guinea, and I'm blocking Bateson. It's roughly based on Margaret Mead and Gregory Bateson and one other person. So it's, again, this triangle of love while they're doing field research in a completely different place. I have read so, that one now that you bring it up. Yeah, yes, yeah. Very good. What did you think? Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, I yeah, um, uh, my own interest in folklore and, and sort of ethnographic stuff made me uh, very interested in it, and I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it, it was. And her Riders and Lovers is also well done, although very different in scope. 
Well, what's next on your list, Catherine Weller? Okay, I've got another novel. Um, it is Agency by William Gibson. Uh, William Gibson is one of the great science fiction writers of our time. He actually started in the early 80s with, um, well, he blossomed in the early 80s with his novel Neuromancer. He's the guy that's widely credited with coining the term cyberspace. And he's, he's kind of a funny novelist because... A person reading his book, the reader, experiences the narrative as the characters experience the narrative. And one can say, well, that's the true of any, true of any book. But what William Gibson does is he just drops you right into it. There's not this buildup of understanding about what society you're in or, very importantly in his books, what technology you're in. You're just there. And you're trying to figure it out with them. Um, there's new vocabulary because there's new technology. There's new ways of understanding how people move around. This one slides between other worlds um, that are occurring and dying simultaneously. And it's framed around trying to save this particular iteration of a world, basically our time and place and people coming from other times and trying to help people in this time do it, which sounds convoluted and confusing, and it is. Uh, <laughs> I can't lie, it is. But it's also really good. What if You just have to keep reading with it, and then just like happens with the characters, all of a sudden it clicks. You're understanding what's happening in the story. You're understanding the narrative. You've reached this moment of, oh, and then you're um, right in it. You're still right in it with him, but you're in it with a greater understanding. It, it's, he's just an extraordinary writer, um, well worth reading. And his book is Agency. Uh, his name is William Gibson. Oh, yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's, it's always nice to maybe have to do work as a reader, you know, sometimes, and then it pays off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm feeling like a lot of people want something they can plunge into, and so big books or um, series, things that can really capture someone for a minute. Yeah. Uh, maybe one or two more books, Catherine Weller? Okay. Um, the Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. She is the author of Wolf Hall, the story of Thomas Cromwell. Great historical fiction. And when I say big books and series, this fits both because it is historical fiction. You have to read them in order. You've got to start with Wolf Hall and then bring up the bodies. And now her newest one, Mirror and the Light, which is uh, wrapping up this incredible saga. It's epic in scale. But it's also just lyric and wonderful historical fiction writing. So, Hilary Mantel, Mirror and the Light. I'm going to do a quick nod to Eric Larson, the author of Devil in the White City. Everybody loved that book, and people love the way he chooses narratives, basically two narratives, and weaves them together to really give this full sense of a time and what we've got with The Splendid and the Vile, his newest book, is Winston Churchill during the Blitz. So um, this uh, is not fiction. It is nonfiction, and he does do a whole bunch of research to create a 
just a captivating piece of narrative nonfiction. There's a lot of World War II anniversaries still, and people have been reading a lot about it, so this is a great one to flesh that out. Mm, that sounds intriguing. I, I love history. I've been reading about Winston Churchill, yeah. so that's what I'll probably pick up. Uh, tell us the oh, author and yeah. title again. Um, Eric Larson and Splendid in the Vile. Um, the virtual event we're going to have is with Betsy Gaines Quammen. Her book, American Zion, is subtitled Cliven Bundy, God and Public Lands in the West. Betsy Quammen is a historian and a conservationist, and her doctoral uh, dissertation focused on uh, Mormon settlements and public land conflicts. So she's she's a woman of the West, but she's also studied the West in a lot of different ways, and she's uniquely positioned to look at the intersectionality of the West, and she does it with great compassion. This is not one of those books that is snobbish and is talking about, oh, those Bundys, but it's trying to, trying to understand. It's trying to understand how we've gotten where we are and what people um, think about the West. And she v- begins in her introduction by saying, a map of the American West is a Rorschach test. People see what they want to see as reflections of who they are. And so what she does in here is plumb the bizarre intersection of public land policy and very conservative uh, political doctrine informed by very conservative Mormonism and the conflicts that arise in trying to deal with public lands that we all think we have a stake in, but we all think should be managed differently. Um, She is just really a neat writer and a, a great talker, so this will be a good virtual event. She is married to David Quammen, uh, who wrote the wonderful book Spillover. If you just want to be scared to death, <laughs> you can read that. Mm-hmm. That is, again, nonfiction. He's a science writer, and it's about the jump of viruses from animals to humans. Yeah, uh, He'll be joining her in this event, and it'll be a big thing. Yeah, he's, so he's a, when and where, when and how is this event happening? Happening? It's a Facebook live event. Oh boy, we love to hate Facebook, but they're doing us a favor right now. Um, it's a Facebook live event on the thirtieth. Um, actually, you know, we've just been rescheduling this, so let me get it back out here. It is, there we go, I'm sorry, March 31st, Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., and people can find it on our Facebook page or on the Quammen's Facebook page, and probably mention on Tory House Press, the wonderful local press here in Utah that has published Betsy's book, American Zion. Oh, wonderful. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, tell, tell us again the particulars on the virtual uh, event. It'll be a Facebook live event, and it will be on March 31st at 6.30. You can just pop over to the Weller Bookworks Facebook page, and you'll drop right into it. Okay. The snake will also appear if you're interested in that. What's that again? They have a snake, and they have a snake. he'll appear as well. <laughs> so I heard you right. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. All right. The, the snake will make an appearance, too. That, uh, but that's, uh, that, that's the clincher. I'm going to tune in now. Okay. Oh, well, thank you, uh, Catherine Weller. Thank you so much. There's some great reads, and uh, you can still support your uh, local bookshop and other independent businesses. Um, and uh, tell us again how to pick up these books from Weller Bookworks. 
Uh, you can give us a call. You can order online and just indicate whether you'd like us to ship, to do uh, curbside delivery to you, and we do have a limited delivery area. And one thing I mentioned is a lot of us have ebooks and audiobooks on our websites as well, so please consider ordering those things through us. Okay, thank you. Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks has joined us. Uh, good luck, and uh, thank you so oh. much. Thank you. It was nice to just sit and talk books. Yeah, it, that's always nice. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Um, well, um, uh, Lane Thatcher, before we go to break, is there another book you'd like to recommend? Well, I I uh, saw a book on a friend's shelf, and I borrowed it. It's called The Silk Roads, A New History of the World, and uh, it focuses on the commerce between the the Far East, you know, China, the Middle East, uh, and, and it takes it all the way from ancient times up to the present. Um, I was most interested in the, uh, the earlier, the older history, and I have uh, since then acquired a couple of other books to give me uh, more detail, because this book is quite um, sweeping and in its coverage of the, these periods, but it goes through the rise of Islam and, and so forth and how that affected commerce. Um, it's, le- it's less about um, a history of the Far East than I had hoped, um, which is why I am now looking at other books to, uh, to supplement what I learned there, but it gave me a, a good starting point for understanding the the region the regions of the, that part of the world and how they interacted with the west so it's called the silk roads a new history of the world by peter frankopan okay that sounds that sounds great oh let's take a, a, a break now we'll come back with a very brief uh, final segment uh, on our program today we're looking for what you're reading and uh, we're compiling a upr book list you can join us by email to upraccess at gmail.com upraccess at gmail.com more following this support for project resilience programming on utah public radio is brought to you in part by our members and USU Center for Persons with Disabilities, working to create healthy, inclusive communities through innovative research, service, technical assistance, and education. Information at cpd.usu.edu. This week on This American Life, scenes from a pandemic. Husband and wife quarantined in their tiny 500-square-foot apartment for over a week now, both very sick with COVID-19. Also locked in with them? Their two-year-old. Every bedtime, she wants me to tell her stories about everybody getting sick. Me getting sick, her getting sick, everyone in our family getting sick is like now part of our story. Phone calls to people in lockdown this week. Tune in for This American Life Saturday mornings at 11 on Utah Public Radio. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll bounce up and down to the buoyant beat of ska. From its home in Jamaica to Greece, Italy, Sweden, and Mexico. I'm Rosalie Howard. Join us for World Ska, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Friday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Thanks for joining us for Access U Time. Tom Williams. I'm joined by our friend Elaine Thatcher. We're compiling a UPR community book list. We want to know what you're reading. UPRAccess at gmail.com is the email to join us. UPRAccess at gmail.com. 
Lynn uh, Mon in uh, Southern Utah has uh, has uh, written in by email, so I want to read this. Uh, we just have about five minutes left in the program. Mon says, I'm currently on a university sabbatical and enjoying reading early essays of John Dewey on the value of teaching philosophy in high schools. I'm also reading books on writing and highly recommend First You Write a Sentence by Joe Moran. Most mornings I do some contemplative reading. Lately I've been enjoying John Kabat-Zinn's book, Full Catastrophe Living, Using the Wisdom of Your Body and Mind to Face Stress, Pain, and Illness, which I'm finding very helpful these days. And I'm rereading the poetry of Mary Oliver, which is very grounding for me. In the evenings, I read just for pleasure, and I'm loving the mystery novel Celine by Peter Heller. And Travel Light, Move Fast, the latest memoir by Alexandra Fuller, who grew up in Africa and currently lives in Wyoming. Since my local gym closed, I'm taking the dogs for longer walks and listening to the complete Sherlock Holmes novels and stories read by Stephen Fry, wonderful, and Elton John's autobiography, Me, read by Taryn Egerton, uh, who played him in the biopic Rocket Man. That's interesting. That yeah, That's a nice uh, correlation. And next on my shelf will yeah. be the acclaimed gay novel, What Belongs to You, by Garth Greenwell. A sequel was just published. And, of course, Terry Tempest Williams' new book of essays, Erosion. Thanks for bringing our community together, Tom. That is Mon. So Mon is doing a lot of reading. Uh, any of those that wow, you've read, great, Elaine? And that's a great list. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Mon. That's, that is a great list. Uh, and I, I'm not familiar with several of those, so we'll have to ch- check those out. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, well, Lane, we got... We all... Go ahead. We all look forward to that list when it comes out on the website. Yes, a, a nice way to draw us all together, uh, especially needed in these times, I think. Uh, so, Lane, maybe maybe one more book? Well, let's see. Um, I am currently reading Art and Fear, Observations on the Perils and Rewards of Art Making, because I'm uh, in this time trying to get back to some of my artistic leanings of younger years, and, uh, and it's terrifying to, um, to try to stand in front of an easel and paint again, which I haven't done in a long time. So this book Art and Fear, Observations on the Perils and Rewards of Art Making by David Bales is uh, one that I am enjoying reading, and it's helpful. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, it, it turns out we have about a minute and a half. Maybe we could squeeze another book in. What's what's next on your list? Boy, well, let's see. I'm kind of... Um, hold on, let me look here. So, okay, hmm. so um, I think I mentioned last time that I was reading Molly Ivins' Letters to the Nation. Yes. Well, Mo- Molly Ivins, uh, you know, <laughs> I-, I think I was in the midst of reading it then, and uh, uh, I finished it, and it's just a slim little volume and um, a delightful read, as any of you, if you know Molly Ivins and her work, she she went from us way too soon, and um, it's a... Uh, it's her commentary on things that happened mostly during um, George W. Bush's uh, uh, presidency. But um, she is from Texas. She was she was a great commenter on the days, you know, the what was going on both in Texas and the world, and very funny. Yeah, so, the, the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you want something. You know, it's, quite, it's political, but it's 
hilarious, too. So if you want to read that, that's something that I would recommend. That's what I remember best about Molly Ivins, her her, her sense of humor. Yeah. Which which could be, you yeah. know, it could be very biting and but fun, but fun. Well, that's a great list. Yeah. Elaine, you'll send that to us. We'll get that on our website. Um, and, I will. Uh, let us fervently hope that we have Summerfest in, in June, so you're preparing for it in Logan. Yes, and I should mention that um, uh, we now have local authors represented um, at Summerfest. We have never had literature before, and some local authors... Uh, approached us last year and uh, I think it was a popular booth and uh, so you know if you're looking for some reading that is you know a lot of it is based in local uh, situations and history you might enjoy checking those out when you come to Summerfest assuming we have it (laughs) okay let's assume that let's hope let's hope for that um lane thatcher has joined us as we've compiled another upr community book list lane thank you so much thank you and have a good one okay you too and thanks everyone for responding thanks for listening to access utah programming on utah public radio is made possible in part by our members and cafe ibis the gallery deli is currently closed Ibis Coffee Beans available at CafeIbis.com, pick up at the roasting plant or delivery. Also available at local grocers and CashValleyRestaurantDelivery.com. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal. KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM Logan. Also heard online at UPR.org.